Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us. I am your host, Sonia Majib of Speak Your Truth Podcast. Well, February, we had an epic day yesterday, energetically, 0202-2020. So I think we're all feeling the high vibes from yesterday. It was epic. I think it's the last time it was 900 years ago. Wow, what a beautiful, expansive time to be alive and be here right now. And having said that, today I want to introduce you to Lisa Jones. I have, um, I don't know where I originally found her on, you know, when you're supposed to find someone, you, you do, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And so I've subscribed to her email list and we're going to get into some of the magic that she creates and all about her. And so I've had her email and I was like, you know what? And I was thinking, who do I want next for episode number 14? And that was, it was her and she's gracious enough to come on today. So I'm going to read you her bio real quickly and then we'll get started. So after a transformative shared death experience, Lisa Jones, who's also known as Millionaire Medium, uh, she, um, she now has a, uh, a, a, Exploring Death podcast. She's an author, a speaker, and she has had the privilege to work with many groups, individuals, businesses, leaders, entertainers, and fellow spiritual seekers. Lisa brings refreshing clarity and honesty to a challenging subject, which is death. And then we're going to talk about that because not everyone's comfortable even talking about it. She seeks to use her gifts to give encouragement, comfort, inspiration to a culture that has hidden death and dying from view. You'll be uplifted by her energy as I have been and touched by her warmth. So thank you so much for coming on today, Lisa. Hey, Sonia. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Yes. Hmm, thank you. So like I, I was mentioning, I've had uh, your, I've, you've been in my, um, email inbox often. And up until recently, I started to really come to terms with um, my own exploration of death and my own kind of view around it. And there's no more of this like pushback or, you know, um, what I used to have. I don't think it was a fear, but people don't necessarily or I didn't want to look at it or even consider it especially when you are young you know you have a young kid or you know you have everyone has a lot going on so I really love what you're doing because it gives a fresh perspective to not fear the ultimate um you know it's the ultimate destination right and and for me I feel like it's well I want you to get started but for me I've had I've have a whole bunch of things that I've kind of um understood at this point Wonderful. Well, I totally agree with you. And even I, I lost my husband at age 37. He was 44 and he went through a seven year battle with cancer. And even when he was sick and dying, I still had three living grandparents that lived into their hundreds, 101, 103, 106. And they all died after my husband did. So I was not really prepared to deal with death. I didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about it. All he wanted to do was focus on getting better. And so even though he went through three rounds of stem cell transplants and multiple rounds of chemotherapy and radiation, you know, ultimately he, he did die. And I had an amazing transformative, transformative experience on the night that he died, which absolutely shifted and changed everything that I thought I understood about death which was that if you weren't baptized, you were going to hell. I was raised very religiously and I just followed the rules and I just believed everything I was told. But then the night he died, as I mentioned, I had basically, it's called a shared death experience. I had an out of body experience where I went to another realm, which mm -hmm. in my case was heaven and, and saw this amazing collection of souls coming together, creating a welcome home party for Ian. And there was an announcement going, the grand mystery Ian Sharp is about to arrive. And there were trumpets and banners and just this unconditional love of, of joy and acceptance and beauty. And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this giant door started to open and everybody at the same time turned and looked in that direction and me as well. And just they they just started cheering and clapping and crying and just this overwhelming sensation of 
just, like I said, unconditional love. And just as he was stepping through, I, I mean, it's like I barely saw, you know, almost his shadow. There was a knock on the door. I was sleeping in my daughter's room. My, my husband was down the hall in our bedroom. And his brother said, oh, my God, Lisa, wake up. Ian just took his last breath. Hmm. And in that moment, it was like a trap door opened and I fell. It felt like I, you know, dropped into my body and I leaped out of bed with just absolute joy and astonishment and clarity. My husband had not been baptized, so I literally thought he was going to hell. And I feel as though God or the universe or whoever, whatever that bigger thing is out there than me, gave that to me as a gift. And then on top of all that, he started talking to me the next morning and saying, oh, my God, I love you, but it is so awesome here. And so that was just total confirmation that he was there. And, and from that moment, he started talking to me. So that's how I became a medium the night he died. And also, he worked for a large company that I didn't realize had taken out a multi-million dollar life insurance policy on him. So when he died, I suddenly also became a millionaire. So that's how I got my millionaire medium title, which many people are always curious about. Right. Thank you. I was going to ask you um, in one of your initial YouTube videos, I exactly wanted to ask you about your own journey from growing up in Colorado and then you moved and then all about Ian. And I just think it's so profound that it's just such a beautiful gift, right? I mean, oh, it's, it's absolutely. So and, and I, and I even say it was the best thing that ever happened to me was having my husband die. Cause it truly woke me up to, to life. And of course, I mean, if I could have changed anything and had him stay, I would, I mean, I, I, the, that whole experience was, you know, a nightmare, but yet now it's been 16 years, almost to the day, uh, since he died. And it was February 22nd, 2004, which so I'm all about that yesterday to 2020, yes. because he, he was 44 when he died. He died on 222, 2004. So there was just all these twos and fours. And, and wow. uh, yeah, so it, but it was such a gift. I, like I said, he truly woke me up because to me, the more that I've embraced the idea of death and talking about it, and that's why I'm so fascinated. And I, with my podcast, Exploring Death, I talk to near-death experiencers, ER doctors, hospice workers, uh, attorneys, how to get your affairs in order. I mean, the more you embrace it, the more fully that you can live without that fear that, you know, oh, my God, I'm going to die someday. And, yeah. and it's amazing. I I absolutely agree. I think one of my initial mentors, my first spiritual, um, you know, uh, therapist and mentor, you know, there was all this like, you know, especially when when you're first waking up, right? You're first waking up. I went through a very, very dark night, you know, massive neck injury, dark night of the soul, and then literally just switched realms in the matter of a couple months. So it was very traumatic. And I remember, um, you know, I was going there, I was crying all the time, and I was just in the depths of it. And she was just like, why don't you just write a will? And I was like, I did. I did. And I felt better. And it was almost like, but that still that trust mechanism doesn't kick in until for me, it kicked in um, just uh, like I said, just last year, where Mm. it was like, but you're going back home, but it's okay. But it's really okay, right? Yes. It's just what, like even the mystics call the marriage, the union. You're actually just going back home. Why are we so afraid of it? Yeah. Um, it, so I can you speak to that as far as the trust mechanism? Because even as you know, in the global climate, you know, with the, the viruses and the this and everyone is so on edge because what does it trigger? Death, fear of death. That's exactly right. And I feel as though it's almost a society. Well, it is. It's a societal belief system around this idea of staying young and vibrant. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is die and get old, which, again, if, if you go to our, you know, many, many years ago, the elders were respected. I mean, we have wisdom, right? Those of us that get to a certain age. I mean, I'm now 53, you know, so I've learned so much more. And I still have a lot more to learn, but, you know, I just, it's just amazing to me um, how our society just all they want to do is, is sell you things to keep you feeling and looking younger. You know, that's kind of the thing. And then we all get brainwashed into that. And so this idea of doing anything to like embracing death and, and even the society has taken death from us as far as spending time with our loved ones once they've passed. It's like, nope, let's take them away put them in a mortuary and, you know, embalm them. 
And, you know, it's, I've, I've done this death doula training, which talks about how to preserve the body once they've died and, and spending time with them and just, you know, pouring your, your heart and soul to this, to the physical presence of their being that's still there, even though you know that their spiritual being is gone, but it's a transition time, you know, and they, we've been, again, it's been taken out of our society as part of the norm. And I feel like that's another reason why we're so fearful of it because we don't even understand like what happens when we die, what, you know, what, what, and, and uh, so, yeah, I, it's, it's amazing. And I want to say too, the interesting thing. So even after my husband died, I was still like, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't, you know, people would come up to me at the grocery store and be like, Oh my God, I feel so bad for you. And I'm like, yeah, I like, I still, it's not like I suddenly lost my husband and I was all, all okay with death. I mean, this has really only happened for me in the last couple of years as well. Once mm-hmm. I fully embraced what I believe my passion and my purpose here is on this earth is to shine light on death. Because as soon as I did that, I came to Maui, I moved to Maui, I got divorced. And suddenly I just got like introduced to this international association of near death studies. And I started Mm. running a support group for people that have had near death experiences. And it started putting together all of these puzzle pieces for me and it was beautiful. And then I, I became a hospice volunteer. And so now I sit with people that are dying, which again, people look at me like, why do you do that? But there is such a gift to oh. be there in that room when people are transitioning. It's to me, it's even more beautiful than birth. I just heard somebody, I just interviewed a chaplain and she said, yeah, Lisa, if you realize at birth, women are screaming, the baby yeah. is being put through, you know, a yeah. very small hole to come into this world. It's very traumatic. Death, right. if you sit and you're present in that moment, can be very, very beautiful. And again, granted, there's traumatic deaths as well. However, right. based on all the information I've talked to, the near-death experience, as soon as there's any kind of uh, thought of trauma happening to your body, you pop out. You don't get to, you get to watch it, you know? So that right. also alleviated a lot of fear for me when I, you know, learned that. Yeah, I can just as you were talking, even I, I have just holy shivers. And I, <laughs> you know, have um, the image of when you are passing, it's like your spirit is just looking outside, right? It pops yes, out in a beautiful absolutely. way. And you and the spirit is just looking and there is no right, there is no wrong, it just is. And there's just love, loving, supportive process. And how beautiful. Um, that's, yeah. It's just magical. I, I mean. love it. And that's what they say. So many of the people I interviewed, they say they look, they pop out of their physical body. They look and they're like, oh my gosh, it's like an old shoe. And you're just like, wow, isn't that interesting? There's no attachment. There's no mourning. There's no like, oh my God, what's happened? It's just like a, just like, oh wow, look at that, you know? old slipper that I was in or like, Oh wow. I just got out of this really hot closet and now I can breathe again. You know, it's like, so to me, you know, it's super alluring this whole idea. Not that I want to go there now, but, um, but I'm, it it gives me so much more energy and excitement about living fully now and taking chances because I know there's like no, there's nothing to fear. It's exciting. (laughs) I definitely feel you. I, I, and uh, I think it's it's really beautiful what you're doing. It takes a lot of strength and self-mastery to do what you're doing. I definitely don't think I'm ready to do that. But what a gift, right? It's like we, you chose to have all these experiences to then be a death doula. Like, yeah. like put that yeah. on a resume. <laughs> I know. And it's so, and it is and the farthest thing that I thought I would ever be doing. I mean, you know, I, right after my husband died, well, not right after it was actually seven years after he died because uh, he was 44 when he died. I was 37. And he said to me, I so regret not helping more people mm. while I was here on this earth. Yeah. He, he was an attorney for a big company. And he said, all I did was move numbers around on pieces of paper. Mm. And you know what? I just, it makes me sick. And I thought, oh my God, that's a horrible thing to have that regret. Right. Yeah. And then what did I do? I went back. I got a great hedge fund job. I was moving numbers around on pieces of paper And as I approached my 44th birthday, I'm like, oh, my God, 
what am I doing? I don't want to have this regret. And, and meanwhile, I'd been secretly channeling angels and, yeah. and doing all this work behind the scenes just with friends and family. So I quit. And then boom, the door just opened. I was invited to do a stage show. And in fact, it was uh, seven years ago today, I channeled for 500 people on stage and wow. brought through all these passed away loved ones. And, you know, it was exhilarating and so much fun. But then uh, I was still so new. I didn't know how to ground myself or really, you know, put energy around me. And yeah. so it would wipe me out. And then my mom died suddenly. And that really took me out. She was, I was adopted. She really was my savior. And, mm. um, and it was really, really hard to lose her. So I kind of went into hiding for about three years. And, and like I said, just in the last couple of years since I moved to Maui and just have really embraced my own being and why I'm here and what my purpose is, that it's started to really unfold. And it's been such a blessing. That's so beautiful. I wanted to share or I wanted to ask you about um, for people that all of a sudden, um, you know, either have, you know, there are some pretty um, tragic awakenings, some pretty, you know, um, injuries or it happens like very uh in a, in a traumatic way and so can you speak to a little bit about the angels because I know that my uh, awakening I think I was I mean I definitely believe we're always 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 connected then you have a trauma then you have this and then you know there's all these different things that happen in in life and then you know for me it was just the the realms opened up during my dark dark night and, um, and even a mediumship, I don't actively say I'm a medium, but I do have that ability, you know, to where people are coming in and out or especially like grandparents and all that. But because it's, it's, I still haven't gotten a grip on it. Like I'm still not a hundred percent comfortable with it. Although like, you know, one of the things that I specialize in is ancestral work. And so there are people's grandparents and people coming in, but I'm just like, yeah, I just see it. But I don't really want to chat right now. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love it. I love it. And yeah. you're absolutely right. Typically, our awakenings do happen in our darkest night of the soul. You know, mine happened when my husband died. I mean, I don't know if there's much more, you know, tragic moment than losing, you know, a 44-year-old dad. To, my kids were one and three when he was diagnosed and eight and 10 when he died. And wow. so, you know, it was a long journey to go through and to experience that and and looking back now, I mean, I wrote my book, Art of Living Happy, after the loss of a loved one to really share the experience of that because, and then once I did, it was so freeing. I feel like all of those memories are in that book and I don't have to like live that any longer, you know, it's just, it's like, oh yeah, that was a chapter in my book and it's yeah. out of my body and it feels so good. But yeah, when people have these sudden kind of quote unquote tragic situations as you said at the very beginning of the podcast there is no right there is no wrong these experiences they're not good they're not bad they just are and they're here to help us waken up you know awaken mm -hmm. into our true mastery and into why we're here and what reason we've came, come to this planet and and also what you said about you know the people showing up in your life I love it I mean I love that you just reached out and and asked for me to be on the podcast because that's what happens. I get people asking, you know, can I be on your podcast? I'm like, yeah, if you're asking, that means God's like sending you or universe or whatever. Like, yeah. right. I'm just, I love it. I love the synchronicities and how it all, all happens. And uh, yeah. So if anybody's going through a really dark time right now, just, and I, and I, I it's hard to also, because I never want to say, I know for sure anything like for me, angels was my, the tool that I like to call them, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. you can call them your, your guides, your, you know, universe, God. I mean, to me, I'm not going to tell you what to call them because I don't know, but for me, I call them angels. Mm -hmm. And the more that I just leaned in and asked for their help and I used to channel them, I, I did an automatic handwriting, um, method, which I actually teach now, but it's, I call it the PALS method, P-A-L-S you prepare by having a notebook mm -hmm. and having a quiet time, turning off all the screens and all that. And then you ask, you just write in the notebook, dear angels, what would you like 
me to know. And this mm-hmm. is how you learn. I mean, how you start. Obviously, as you get better, you can just say, oh, my God, this is happening. What should I do? Right, right. <laughs> but just to start and then listening. And this is the hardest part because it's it's learning to discern that you're actually getting information from this higher realm rather than exactly. your brain, right? Exactly. That's difficult... Or interference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or interference or, yeah. And like my mom, when she tried it, uh, she heard your cancer is back because she had had breast cancer. And I said, well, mom, that's not your angels. Okay. Your angels aren't going right. to give you negatives, tragic news like that. I mean, especially when you're first starting, it's going to be simple. Like I love yeah. you or you feel, and, and it's about a vibrational feeling. That's what I found is it's mm-hmm. really discerning that it's not, again, it's not you. It's, it's receiving information. It's like you become an antenna for this radio station, Right. Right. You're a portal. Uh, yeah, that's exactly. right. That's right. And then, you know, so it's listening and writing down and then just practicing. And then the S is to say thanks, because that's really what fuels the spirit is by always being grateful. And um, I always say gratitude is the jet fuel for abundance and connection, you know, because the Absolutely. more grateful you are, the more abundant your connections are with spirit and, and, you know, money and, and friends and family and love. And so, yeah, gratitude is, is key. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of us, you know, we got attuned to, uh, I think it was, um, you know, when we started to, in the beginning for me, it was like noticing the synchronicities like 11, 11, right. A lot of people start with, and I have like people that are, just completely like you know working in finance and you know just uh, completely in different realms going hey I thought about you I think about you every time I see 1111 so I'm like the the, the coder the number coder because it started with the number codes and it was like all the time all the time all the time and then the messages were for me one of the the ones and I got a like I said attuned to the the higher realms during that very dark night um but mine is always, you're safe. You're safe. You're yes. safe. We love you. You're safe. We love you. And it was just exactly what I needed to hear. Not the stuff that our human psyche and our brains go into is, well, I need to finish that degree. And now I need to do this. And then I need to do that. But it's, they're like, we love you no matter what. It doesn't matter. And so oh, that's so that's true. One of the things that even now it still takes me like, you know, and in, in every day, most people, they're like, they have lists to do. I want to write this. I want to do this. I have a, you know, just we're all like aiming towards something. But what if we all knew like, hey, guess what? If you can just relax, like you don't have to do anything. So I'm kind of also like traversing that realm. Can you speak to that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. And I love it. There was actually a movie that came out a few years ago called The Road to Nowhere. Mm. And it was it's a really moving film about a young girl I think she was in like seventh or eighth grade and she committed suicide because she didn't get an A on her math test Mm. and she just um so her parents I think were the ones that you know came up or did the movie or whatever and it it just sent chills down my back about how our society especially with our kids you know are so demanding of them to be the best in the sports and the best in schools and to get into the best schools and and even the most recent you know this whole bribing of the schools to get the kids in and mm-hmm. all that i mean mm-hmm. it just it just speaks to this idea that somehow we're not okay just being who we are which is the furthest thing from what i've experienced with spirit like we are perfect like you right. said if we did nothing if just just being born on this planet is enough f- to be loved and, and like you're doing it. Right. So really the less you do the you know, the more that it just unfolds and that you trust that, like you said, you run into the right people, the, you know, the right teacher shows up, the right next guest shows up. And it's so beautiful because the more I let go in my life, the more in the flow I am and just amazing things happen that I can't even imagine, right, right. would happen. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and so that's what I, yeah, again, I encourage people to just, yeah, those lists, my God, right? We could all go crazy if we, if we really, uh, you know, tried to accomplish, there's never, you can never accomplish it all. It's, it's you know, you're never going to get it done. So just take a deep breath and enjoy life. 
Exactly. And even like, uh, I think a lot of people, especially the, the work that I do with coaching, um, I believe that, you know, what is in one is in all. And I do still feel that our planet is still um, unworthiness programming. I see that so often all the time. And I'm, I've been working on mine diligently. And the way that I have helped to shift my own narrative is, when we really truly plug in, right, when we truly plug into our heart, not our mind, when there's a list, it's like the mind has a list, and I need to do this, and I need to get this degree and this certification. And what if I don't have this, I'm not going to be, you know, we project it from, from an external, like, what are people going to think, but as soon as we drop into our heart, all of that chatter goes away. And I just feel like it's so simple, yet, it's, it's like, you need to practice it every day all the time to reprogram ourselves yes yeah we are literally programmed from you know the minute we're born and and then school just amplifies that even more just the whole you know following the rules and you know you've got to you got to regurgitate what the teachers are saying in order to get good grades and you know we're graded and all that and none of that i mean we're all unique individual beings with beautiful gifts to share if we just if everybody was truly doing what they're here you know what they're passionate about and what they're here to to do on earth it would all just work so beautifully but instead we're all caught up in what you know what is your definition of success and for most of our society it's about how much money you have and I can tell you coming into a lot of money is stressful I mean, I've literally spent so, I mean, it's been such a gift for me again to, to have this experience of like, I've been so scared of losing it all, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, whereas before I never had that feeling, it was always like, okay, I, you know, this is good. I, I, I'm making enough. I can get by, I pay my bills, everything's good. But, but a lot of people think, oh, if I only had a million dollars, I, all of my all of my troubles would go away. No, they get amplified. The more money you have, the more amplification happens around whatever is going on in your life. Sure. And it does, it becomes a, it becomes, um, you know, just, I, I don't know what the word is, but, but yeah, having money is not the answer. And I feel like so many people just keep putting it out there. Like, well, if I only had the money, then all, everything would be taken care of. But it's like, nope. Yeah. It's, that's not true. And, and so, yeah, unworthiness and like, you never have enough. It's like, what is enough? Right. It's, we live in an abundant universe. So if you just give into the idea that, wow, I'm always taken care of, you always are. Absolutely. I wanted to touch on a point. I know you have such brilliant guests on your podcast and um, there's quite a few episodes. Every one of them is just something magical to share. Can you share something about, um, well, the reason why I'm asking is, um, you know, on the, on the topic of suicide, I, I feel that I'm one of those people that, uh, you know, my, my first best friend um, at 14, she committed suicide. And the next couple of days later, my mom was flying to New York her trip. And it was jarring because we were in Lake Tahoe that weekend. And I'd like asked her to come and um, she's like, you know, she was just bullied, troubled, you know, didn't have um, support, you know, was raised by her grandparents and she had committed suicide and while we were away. And I remember a few days later, she was like standing at the edge of my bed and she's like, hey, let's go to school. And I never actually have shared that until very recently because I was like, oh, I'm just making it up. Oh, you know, I don't know what that was. Like, am I dreaming? Was it a dream? Was it real? And then... Um, a few years later, another close one of my friends also committed suicide. This one I lived in LA, you know, went to school in LA. And then now it's just so weird. I don't even understand it. But a lot of my friends um, have it in their family, whether it was like one or one of their parents. And it's just kind of like this theme. And I'm going, how is that? Like, am I supposed to help them? Like, I don't even understand it. I'm just supposed to, I'm here as their comforter, because I feel like I've experienced it. And with very close people to me, but I've never actually like wrapped my head around it. Can you speak to that? Absolutely. Well, I, first of all, I'll say um, that from my experience, again, both channeling people that have committed suicide. And then also I interviewed Chris Batts who attempted suicide. He jumped out of a moving car, hit his head and was dead. 
and had a near-death experience because he was able, you know, he was picked up by an ambulance and saved, but he did have a really profound experience and that, you know, he wasn't judged again, no good. No, there's no good. There's no right. There's no wrong. So, um, you know, that to me, that's very reassuring because our religious, most religious, uh, you know, doctrines say that, Mm -hmm. that suicide is bad and you'll go to hell and all these things. And so, you know, first of all, I just want to assure people that based on everything I've experienced and talked to, um, that is not the case. And then the other thing is I got, it was so amazing because Robin Williams, after he committed suicide, came to me. This was, again, it's always like, I'm always like, really? Did this really happen? Because I'm, I'm like my <laughs> own biggest skeptic, okay? Because even last yeah. night I, I was sharing some stories with a friend and he was just like, are you kidding me? Like, this is astounding. These things you're telling me, I'm like, really? Because again, when they happen to you, right? You're like, well, this is just what happened. Or, you know, like you said, you saw your friend at the end of the bed. Was that a dream? Was it real? Is it not? I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so Robin Williams came to me and basically was explaining like, you know what people with mental issues, it's, it's different than like my husband who had cancer, right? He had cancer and his physical body couldn't fight the disease and ultimately died because of that. Well, people with mental issues in their mental body sometimes can't overcome the, the problem. And so ultimately the death that they experience is through suicide. And so Mm -hmm. it's not that they're choosing to commit suicide. It's just the natural order or the natural unfolding of somebody with a mental, you know, condition. Mm. Um, And it just, it's that, that's the, that's the path of death is through suicide versus a physical body giving out through say cancer. And to me, that was mind blowing. I'm like, wow, I've never thought of it that way before because you know, Mm. people are angry at the people that commit suicide. They're like, he was weak or she was weak. Or all they needed was to talk to somebody or we could have changed it. And, and Robin Williams said to me, no, like this. And again, it was their path. This was what they came here for. And, and part of their suicide is to help awaken other people to understand, you know, more about their lives. It's just a reflection to us in, in a different way, you know, rather than experiencing death just through the physical body. And again, I just was like, I would love to know what your thoughts are on that. Cause I was just like, wow. wow, that's really powerful. I think it's beautiful because it, it brings us into the realm of no judgment, just being a, an observer. And I do agree with you that when someone does exit in that way, I believe there's a greater purpose because it opens our heart to appreciate and then, you know, make our own um, kind of just find our own way of, of how we, we feel because ultimately there is no right. And, and it will bring people together often. It brings communities together. It, it opens your heart more. It gives you more love and compassion. So I feel that that person has really served a greater purpose than just yeah. oh my being gosh. selfish. My whole body is chilling right now, which is truth, which is, and also it chilled by the way, when you said that she was standing at the end of your bed, which is truth. Yeah. So I, yeah. I mean, first of all, I want to acknowledge that she was there and that you are this, you've got this gift, you know, you're able to, like you said, be a comforter to those that are new to this experience because you have experienced it and, and you're that, that transitional person for them to be able to understand that it's okay, you know, and that they didn't do anything wrong. I think that's part of it too. Suicide is very much of a for those of us that are left behind, very much a self-blaming kind of what could I have done differently or what could I have said or, you know, what did I do to, to create that in them? And, and it's not like, I I totally agree. It's just a, it's a way to open up our hearts in a bigger way and just through a different experience. Right. And it, and, and not to discount the, the parents that leave and they have younger kids because I, I do have friends that, you know, their, uh, their parent has, has done that. And it, it really does also leave a scar, leave scars and does. Oh, absolutely. Existential trauma that they've have to work on. 
in this lifetime, which is not the easiest thing. (laughs) No, no. And, and Mm -hmm. I'll just add, and I know this is controversial for a lot of people, but like, I truly believe that everything we experience on this earth, we agreed to it before we came here. And we've, you know, had, we had to agree that we wouldn't remember. Otherwise, what's the point, right? What's the point Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I knew, I knew my dad was going to commit suicide. um, So I, I don't need to process anything. But that's, that's where we, you know, really go deeper into our awakening if we want to. I mean, again, you might, yeah. people might choose not to go into that, but um, right. yeah. So it's, it's tricky to say, cause again, I, you know, I don't, I don't know a hundred percent for sure, but like, why do all these bad things happen to people? Why are people having this virus and dying? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I also feel like truly this is kind of what we chose to experience in this lifetime and and again we go home when it's over so there's really nothing bad that happens totally I wanted to ask you about um you know when for other people that are listening that are just coming into their gifts as you know since 2012 for many of us we've had massive awakenings and just the planet has gone through epic shifts and most of us that are on it have you know been uh just our gifts are coming up and we're coming out of hiding and coming online. Um, What can you share about how you ground and some of those processes for people that do have the ability to see and they're kind of like, Oh, you know, because a lot of us, I feel especially a lot of listeners, um, they're in the same boat where it's like they've, they've gone through adverse childhood effects, trauma, etc. Empathetic, natural healers, right? really, really true natural healers that are here. And they've had to go through all of these trajectories. And most of them are not in their body, right? I don't I think for me, I finally started coming into my body. Gosh, um, when I really started to do the work, like I didn't know how, how (laughs) detached I was until I'm in it now every day for the most part, even though as you know, we're we're in the subtle realms a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But just being here grounding is oh my god it's so important it really is and it was so funny because when it all first started happening to me I literally was like floating above my body and I couldn't get into it like I (laughs) I felt like I was three feet out of my body all the time and it was so disconcerting to me because I was like I don't understand how do I get back in my body and and um and it was hard to explain to people and I mean I it was weird so yeah, I would say um, a couple of things. I mean, number one, meditation to me is the cornerstone to me keeping my sanity in this time of mm-hmm. <laughs> great changes. And, um, and it really allows me to, to be in touch with my higher self and to ground and to just taking those, you know, I mean, ideally it's 30 minutes in the morning, but some days I just, you know, don't get that. So even if it's five minutes, but just really grounding and the way I do it is I I mean I'll close my eyes and I'll just ask for a stream of sunshine to come down through the top of my head and then enter through my crown chakra and then allowing this beautiful golden white light to just slowly enter my body and and I you know bring it down all the way to my feet and then I ask for the uh, roots to grow out of my feet and go down through all the layers of the earth down to the very center of the earth and wrap those roots around the very core center of mother earth. And then to gently allow that energy to come back up and infiltrate my body. And so I mix it with the, the heaven above and the earth below. So I'm really truly a conduit between heaven and earth. And that is just Mm. such a wonderful place. And that's where I begin then my meditation of clearing my mind and just allowing uh, whatever to come through. But Uh, it wasn't until I started grounding on a daily basis that, yeah, I was just out of my body all the time. (laughs) And it's hard to bring anything into manifestation when you're out of your body. I mean, the only way to manifest on this earth is to really fully be here. So, right. And, And really fully, sorry, and really fully feel safe. I think that's huge that people kind of discount that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that, and that's another thing I do. I call uh, see, this is so second nature. I'm like, Oh yeah, I do that too. I always call in Archangel Michael to stand behind me. He's got a sword and he's, you know, the strong guy. And then on my right, I call in Archangel Raphael, who is the healer. And, mm-hmm. um, and then just depending on who comes in, you know, I'll yeah. call in ascended masters or, you know, mother Mary or Jesus or Buddha or, you know, any of the other archangels. And just, so I'll have one on each side and in front of me above and below. And so to me, that's my team for that day that really helps guide me and, um, you know, keeps me centered and, and, uh, guided. I love that. I I wanted to share an experience with the listeners and yourself. Um, my first experience with Archangel Michael, it was during um, my dark night. I was used to go see an acupuncturist who's also a medium. He was actually uh, angel led for me to even find this person mm. because I was like, oh, my God, I'm I'm going nuts. And I don't want to end up like having, you know, I was like in the border, like psychosis. Like, I'm not sure what is happening to me because, like I said, I had a pretty severe neck injury from a chiropractor. And then all these worlds opened up. Um, and my crown opened up at, during those, those couple weeks and months. And so, um, I remember one time I was at the, at his office and there's a huge statue of Archangel Michael. And, um, there was a, a, my mom went with me that day and we were working on her and he was teaching me. And so my mom had like a respiratory infection and she was really weak and she's laying on the table. And so all, and he was like, well, put your hands, like, don't touch her feet, but put them close to her feet so you can start to activate your healing energies and start to, like, you know, take, uh, kind of just start the healing process, right? And all of a sudden, I, I'm standing there and a shield, uh, uh, basically, I see a big shield in front of me. And as I'm working, the it was like energetic mucus or energetic toxins coming out of her, but they were landing on the shield and they didn't even touch me. Like nothing came towards me. And I knew that was Archangel Michael. It was his shield. And ever, and more recently, like sometimes in photos, you know, like photos can capture Mm -hmm. certain images. There's like blue lights and, and a shield and swords. And, and I just want to tell people like we are so beyond protected we are so loved and, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful to even just, I don't, it's like, I don't know what I did to have this kind of, I don't know if you feel like that, just having this realm open up is just one of the the biggest gifts that I feel one can have in this lifetime. It's magical. Oh, absolutely. And that, and that's it. Cause sometimes people are all focused on, well, aren't you afraid of the dark and the you know, negative energies and all that. And, and truly I just focus on the positive and, um, and again, just trust that I'm being guided and supported and, 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 and again, what I, you know, one of my things is like what you focus on expands. So to me, if I focus on, Oh my God, I'm scared of these dark energies or, you know, I'm worried about them or even think about them, then it expands. So I just don't go there. And that might be naive. I don't know. Um, I recently did a, uh, it was a life between lives, uh, you know, uh, hypnotherapy session. And mm-hmm. apparently I had like five aliens that were trying to keep my light dim. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's so wild because I really never think about that or go there, but you know, they were removed during the session and truly it shifted something for me. <laughs> mm, so, um, so yeah, they, you know, again, I don't want to discount because I do believe uh, that there are dark energies. I do believe that we can obviously be infiltrated with them, but I just constantly am focusing on the light and, 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 you know, doing what I can love and light. That's, that's really, yeah. and that's who I now channel. I, it's the, I channel the beings of love and light and that's, I love it. <laughs> I love it too. And I, I do think that these, you know, in this universe, we have both light and dark. And I think with great power comes great responsibility. And so I feel like I had to, and we've, a lot of us have had to go through extreme darks to go, okay, now I know what the balance is. Now I'm going to kind of stay in the middle, right? Yeah. <laughs> not always yes. going to be love and light because that's just not possible. Um, but, but we can definitely keep our focus there. 
Yeah. And again, not go through dark yeah. periods in my life, but it's more about like wor- being worried about dark energies, yeah. like entering yeah. my, my, you know, sphere or whatever like that. That's yeah. what I'm, I'm, totally. Cause I totally agree. And without the dark, without the dark experiences in our life, you don't have it. This was great too. Oh my God. The angels told me they're like, Lisa, life is like a heartbeat, right? It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. If you flatline in your life, because you try to like not have the highs and the lows, then you have a dull, you have a dead experience. Mm. And I was like, wow, that to me was such a great like metaphor, right? So that you're gonna, the only way you know when you have highs is because you've had lows. And, um, and it's much more exciting to be able to kind of go with those up and downs, even though the downs sometimes are you know, not the really favorite down. part. Right. Yeah. They're not so fun, but in retrospect, it's like, wow, I'm grateful, but yes. not in the moment always. I love that. So I wanted to ask you about, as we wrap up, um, for anyone else that is, what are one of like, what are some of like the most, um, crucial things that you have learned about death and for anyone that is fearing death because they're listening to the media or, their ego is just really trying to protect them or they're, you know, just in this, I don't know, they're just kind of like, I can't even think about it. It's just so crazy. Like, you know, because I truly feel most of the planet is in fear of death. Like, I truly believe that that's what's holding them back from being their true selves, from really going out there. It's just this, this old reptilian protection mechanism that's like trying to keep them safe. But I do feel everything goes gets activated beyond that realm. So in your expertise and everything you've been learning and um, experience, can you speak to people that are still kind of stuck in limbo? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, to me, the biggest thing I feel I've learned is that death is an illusion that we aren't actually dying. I mean, our physical body does die. It's, it stops being activated because our soul transitions to the next realm but it's very much like water I mean again this is something the angels told me early on is you know water can be liquid and then when it's heated up it becomes vapor it's steam right but it's still water it's just in a different form and that's the same with our our physical being or you know our sorry our spiritual our spirit inside of us when we're in our physical body that's the mechanism that we're able to move our spirit around on this planet earth. But then when we die, it's just a transition into a different, uh, you know, to this vapor and we're, and they're still, you know, very much still here, but just in a realm that we can't see. And, and again, it's like the radio station, right? I mean, if you're, if you're listening to one set of music, you know, like rock and roll on one channel, you have to turn it to another channel. If you want to listen to say meditation music, And so again, we're in, we're on one channel in this physical reality. And then when you transition out of your body, you're in a different reality. And, and that, and that's where I, I mean, the number of signs that we get from our passed away loved ones, the, the, the feelings that you get, the, the visitations that people get. I mean, again, I've, I've interviewed over a hundred people and I'm just absolutely convinced that it's just about being able to open up and connect and know that when you get a sign, when you think it's a sign, it's a sign. It the is, fact that you yes. think it's a sign. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing is like our loved ones are so frustrated when we're like, wait, was that a sign? They're like, do you know how hard it was to get that to you? And yes. now you're going to doubt it. Like the more that you can embrace that it is a sign from your loved one, the more they can come through. But if you don't open that channel or that gateway for them, it becomes very difficult. And that's why sometimes, you know, people feel like, oh, well, I don't get any signs. It's like, no, because you're not accepting them when they come through. They're there all the time. But you got to be willing to accept them. <laughs> and you know what, you guys, once you start really accepting it and stop second guessing yourself, they're going to come all the time. Not yes. Every yep. like 24 seven. Oh my gosh, my whole body is lighting up when you say that because it is so true. And I, I mean, I get people all the time. They're like, well, this happened and this happened. And do you think that's a sign? I'm like, good Lord, do you need to be hit over the head with a hammer? Yes, it's a sign. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. 
I remember when my husband's father, my father-in-law passed away and then we would have a Robin come all the time. And so he's like, I think that's my dad. And then it started coming all the time. And now every time we see a Robin, we're like, hi, dad. <laughs> yes, that is so, as we're speaking, I see a little white butterfly, which I have not seen in forever. And that is my dad. And because every time, right after he died, I saw these little white butterflies. So I love it. So your father-in-law and, and here's my dad just saying hi as he's flying by. So very and cool. And you know what? Yes. And, and just, I want to add this. The white butterfly is one of my my first initial totems where it was like every country, Lisa, every country, whether it was Mexico or Turkey or anywhere in the world I would travel or Ireland, the white butterfly would greet me. And so that's just like, it's like, thank you. Well, see, and for me to even (laughs) say that, like, why I'm like, why am I compelled to say this right now? But I'm going to say it. And there you go, because we needed to have another confirmation. Hello, people listening right now. (laughs) That was a sign. I was meant to say that my dad flew in right for that moment, just so that Sonia could say like, yeah, this was my totem. How cool. Yes, I love it. Thank you so much. I feel like we can talk forever and I hope yes. to have you back again. But thank, thank you. you so much for coming on. Can you please um, let people know about your website where they can find you if they're wanting to explore a little bit more? And, and I highly urge um, Lisa's YouTube videos, her podcast. There's just a lot of really beautiful people, great information. And you have such a great, great platform Uh, for people to explore this in their own lives. Thank you so much. Yeah, so check out my podcast, Exploring Death, and you can find that at exploringdeath.com. You can also just Google Exploring Death Lisa Jones. It'll come up. I'm on all the different platforms, whether it's Spotify or Apple iTunes, um, Stitcher, any of the podcasts. And again, for a lot of people, podcasts, they don't know exactly what that is, Um, but it's just basically a streaming audio version of the interviews I do with my people. Well, I guess if you're listening to this, you know what a podcast is, but anyway, (laughs) um, but also YouTube, I'm on YouTube and, uh, and then my website, it's, I'm kind of in this transition. I'm still millionairemedium.com. That's where I host or put all my exploring death podcasts. And then, um, I'm also doing, a, a brand new thing with my friend, Golden Duffy called the real ones.com with the, let's see the real onez.com and that's where we're teaching universal law and we're just having so much fun it's been fun to kind of break away from the whole death thing and start Mm -hmm. focusing on how to manifest and and you know really studying uh universal law which has been so much fun especially with my best friend golden so you can find me there too so check it out and you can also email me lisa at exploringdeath.com i love uh, talking to people and hearing people's stories. If you have a great story and want to be interviewed, by all means, reach out. I love to talk to new people. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much. Oh, and you're I so will... welcome. Yeah. And thank you everyone for joining. I will see you guys on the next episode.